to the RN to Writer Show, where nurses learn how to become freelance writers. I'm your host, Elizabeth Haynes, RN. If you'd like more tips on how to launch and grow a freelance writing business, be sure to visit our website, rn2writer.com. And hey, you can catch this show on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. On today's show, we're welcoming our first ever interviewee, my friend, Jennifer L.W. Fink, RNBSN. She is a registered nurse turned writer. Jennifer is the creator of buildingboys.net, co-host of the On Boys podcast, parenting podcast, sorry, Jennifer, the On Boys parenting podcast, and author of The First Time Mom's Guide to Raising Boys. Jennifer, awesome. (laughs) Jennifer has been published by the New York Times, U.S. News and World Report, the Washington Post, Fox News, Parents, Cancer Today, and Medscape. We are so honored to have Jenny with us today to inspire all of you nurses who are listening and wondering if, first of all, a nurse can really find success as a freelance writer This is going to be interesting to you because boy, has Jenny found success. (laughs) So we're going to talk a little bit today about Jenny's journey from nurse to writer, what led her to create Building Boys, what it feels like to be an author, something I aspire to someday. So welcome, Jenny. I'm so happy you're here. I am so looking forward to this conversation. And it is always so great to hear your career summed up in just the highlights. None of the failures, none of the pain, none of the drudgery, just the highlights. Exactly. And, you know, I'm a a little guilty of doing that, too, in my promotion for freelance writing as a nursing career. It's like, well, we don't really talk about the whole banging your head on the keyboard. Like, when is this going to take off? When am I finally going to get a client? And, And I always try to encourage the nurses I work with that, to me, the funny thing is once the dam breaks, once you break the ice, yes. then things start flowing. Was that your experience too? Pretty much so. And as you know, because you've also been in this business for a long time, it can be this, this feast or famine. You know, you can break through and then things start happening and you think, yes, I've got this. And then you can go through a dry spell again. And no matter how much success you've had in the past, you've had a lot of success as well you reach moments where you're like, well, maybe everybody hates me. That's it. Nobody's ever going to work with me again. Exactly. And at the beginning of your career, I think that really hits home when, when that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, I did want, I want to kind of speaking at the beginning of the career, go back a little bit because a large part of our audience is nurses who have literally just discovered that freelance writing can be a career option for them. And they're like, wait, what? So I'd like to go back and ask you, how did you find out that freelance writing was like a thing and what led you to pursue it? I'm not even sure you know this story yet, Beth. And I thought of it as we were, as you were doing the intro. Um, My oldest son was a baby. um, And I was in that stage of motherhood where, you know, you do random things just to keep the child busy. And I had loaded him up in the stroller and we took a walk to the library, something to do. And I was, you know, looking at the books and there was this book there on the new book shelving 
It was a beautiful blue hue. I can picture it to this day. And it was called the Handbook of Freelance Writing. Mm. I had never heard of freelance writing before. I picked it up. I looked at it. I ended up checking this book out. And here's the really, really, really great thing about this. It was by a man named Michael Perry. You may not know his name, but he's a Wisconsin writer. And I'm based in Wisconsin. Who was an RN turned writer. Oh, that is crazy. I had no idea. So the really cool thing about this book for me, you know, you talk about something falling into your life, right place, right time, all of that. This book introduced me to a career that I did not know existed. It gave me pointers on how to do it. You know, a lot of the content that you are now teaching writers, you know, how do you find clients? How do you pitch ideas? How do you do all that? The logistics were outlined in this book. And then it also had the fact that it was a nurse turned writer who did this. And so clearly he's having a successful career doing it. So if he could do it, then maybe I can do it too. That is amazing. I, I did not know that story. I'm so happy you shared that with me. And now I feel like I'm going to have to run out and find Michael Perry all over social media or wherever he may be and follow him. <laughs> I was fortunate enough uh, a number of years ago, I went to a writing conference where he was there and, you know, I had him sign a copy of, I don't even remember what book it was at that point in time. And I, you know, I told him that story and it was, it was interesting. It was a nice moment. But it was also a moment um, where many of us writers are much more reticent in person than we are, you know, in our writing. We put ourselves out there in our writing, but that personal interaction, like, I'm sure he's like, I don't know you, lady. Just (laughs) Right. It's funny that we can have such an impact in people's lives without knowing it. Um, And that... That's actually one of the things that I tell nurses why I think writing makes such a great career. I always say, wait till the first time you get fan mail because somebody saw your byline on a health article and took the time to track you down and email you. I'm sure that has happened to you. That happened to me just the other day for an article I published last year, you know, and it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. And yet I can understand the reticence too, because you know, a lot of us writers are pretty introverted and yeah, we are now. So we absolutely uh, are. Are you, um, see, speaking of the public reticence thing, I'm going to jump right ahead now to your book because I know you've been doing book signings. Are you one of those bubbly book signers or do you have some sense of reticence as well? You know, it's not really fair to base my answer on the frankly, one book signing that I've had so far, which was at my local coffee house in my small town of 5,000, where I have spent most of my life. So the truth of the matter is most of the people that came in there were people that I have known in some context over, over my life. It was a ball. It was, I loved it. It was so much fun. Uh, it is so reassuring to feel and see support from other people. And I think that's something that I want your listeners to know too. As much as people respect nurses, and we all know that nursing, you know, still ranks up there super high for trust and honesty, uh, people respect writers. 
too. Yes, you hear a lot of disparaging of the media, but generally person to person, people think writing is a pretty cool gig. And when you are published places, people think that's awesome and they want to support you. And it was so great to feel that. Oh, that is nice. Well, now that I leaped ahead, let's go back just one step and say, so I know you put together um, what I consider a classic freelance writing career, the same thing that, that I did. In fact, we've chatted by email before about how our career trajectories kind yeah. of, since we met, they've kind of gone up together. Um, and so you wrote, you've written feature articles and you've written opinion pieces. And I, I know you've written parenting pieces and mm -hmm. I'm assuming that the confluence of that and the fact that you have raised four boys is yep. what led you to create building boys. But can you tell us more about that evolution of your career sure. that led you to that? So as you advise your writers, and I didn't have you around when I was getting started because we were getting started at kind of the same time, right? Mm -hmm. um, I followed the advice that many of us stumbled across at some place, which is write what you know, start with what you know, start with where you have your areas of expertise. So when I first started uh, thinking I wanted to do more writing, um, I think even before I found the Michael Perry book, I had started taking some like continuing ed classes through a local college, you know, like creative writing, feature writing, really just for fun and to explore that part of myself. And somewhere I read uh, that, you know, if this is something you want to do more of, like let your employer know this is something that you want to do. So uh, frankly, I was never very excited about the clinical pathways forward in writing. And so during one of my annual meetings with my manager, I mentioned like, hey, this is something that I'm interested in. And she put me in contact with the hospital PR people. And I think probably the first thing I had published was a piece in a very small, very local paper about the cardiac rehab program at the hospital. And then from there, I, you know, I pitched nursing magazines. I sent essays into nursing magazines because that was what I was reading. That was what my experience was. And then as I learned more, I pitched, you know, more like feature articles to nursing magazines. And they were often based on something that I was experiencing as a nurse or personally. So I did one on um, helping families kind of dealing with this, you know, grandpa or husband is in the hospital. He probably needs long-term care. That's a tough conversation, helping families through that. Yeah. I wrote one that was in RN at the time about cervical dysplasia because that was something I was dealing with in my life. My career kind of progressed along those lines. So as things would come up both in my professional life and my personal life, I would try and pitch them as ideas. I didn't realize until later that that's a very smart business strategy because these are things that I am researching and learning about personally so I can cope and, and live in my own life and make choices it just organically happened, but really I was able to double dip that way. You know, some of the things mm -hmm. I'm spending my time on for myself personally, I could turn into a professional accomplishment and a paycheck. Not insignificant, as you know. Very smart. Very smart. Um, yeah. I think like you say, why not when you're doing all this research anyway, mm -hmm. and 
this is what nurses excel at. Well, one yeah. of the things is we're going through something, we get out there, we even dive into studies, which is something I don't think the typical person does. Nope. And so if you think about the fact that there may be literally millions of other people trying to deal with the same thing who don't have our skills for researching that, again, we can expand our reach in, in public health, you could say, as nurses by then pitching articles and sharing that and, like you said, getting paid. And so, it's not just our skills for research. It's that we have all of this background knowledge. You know, we have this this basic comprehension of the body and how it works and treatments. And through our experience as nurses, we are in contact all the time with the people who need this information and don't have it. So we see where those gaps are between what we know as professionals or have been exposed to. And we see whatever your area of practice is, whether you're in a hospital or a clinic or home care, what Every your area of practices, there are certain things that come up over and over and over. And that's where there's a gap. That's where there's a need for information. And sure, you can do it one-on-one. -on -one, but when you write an article or you create content for the web, as you said, it, it gets so much bigger. More people can find it and you can um, expand your impact. Well, and frankly, this is, this is, what clients will pay you for. This is what I tell nurses. When you become a freelance writer as a nurse, editors and clients are not just interested. I wanted to say panting to work with you because that's been my experience. But let's say they're interested in working with you, not even necessarily because you're an Uber writer, but because you have that experience of being one-on-one -on -one with patients in that setting, you know the things to delve into yeah. in articles that lay writers don't know. Exactly. And on the business side, you understand the whole business of healthcare. Like, you know, if they're trying to reach with their sales materials, they want to reach nurse managers, you know how to do that, or you know what nurse managers are up against, you know what I mean? Exactly, and so, exactly. Like, you know, you know the language and you know the pain points already mm -hmm. because you have been in it. And it's been a long time since I've been in clinical practice. Me too. Um, I continued to do, when I first started, it was like nursing was how I'm making my money and a little bit of writing on the side. And my nursing, excuse me, my writing career and my family grew at the same time. So it was like, have another kid, do a little bit more writing, a little less nursing. And that went on for a while. And I think I finally stepped away from clinical nursing um, permanently. And I'm putting air quotes around that because I still maintain my license. You never know what's going to happen in the future. But I, I stepped away from clinical nursing when my third son was probably like three-ish. And he's 18 now. So it's been a while. Because at that point, I was doing nursing infrequently enough that I was worried about keeping up my skills. And I felt like I could be more effective honing the writing than toggling back and forth. I also maintain my license. And this is a question that comes up frequently from nurses who contact me. They usually have two initial questions for me. 
first of all, do you have to be a registered nurse to do this? And I always say, no. LPNs, LVNs, nurse practitioners, clinical nurse specialists, and heck, you don't even have to be a nurse. You, if right. you're a PA, a licensed clinical social worker, anybody with a healthcare background can do this. The truth is, and, and this is uh, writing, is really one of the few careers with a very low barrier to entry. You don't need a degree in anything. Nobody's checking. Right. You have to be, you have to be good at what you do you have to meet your deadlines, you have to deliver clean copy, you have to write well, and your professional experience matters, but nobody's gonna get hung up on, the, on whether or not you have a specific degree. Exactly, thank you for saying that. I, I find some nurses are incredulous about that because in nursing, your, your career is about you know, your qualifications, your licensures, your certifications you and so, so Right. And, and then to come into writing, nurses are like, well, what do you mean my experience doesn't matter? You know, it's like, well, it does matter, but not in the sense that it matters in nursing, you know? Exactly, exactly. I mean, in nursing, there's the whole scope of practice. As right. an LPN, there are things that you can and cannot do. As an RN, things you can and cannot do. As an advanced practice nurse, your scope of practice as a freelance writer expands as you want it to, as you're ready to expand. And that's pretty exciting. Yes. And then the second thing that they often ask me is, or they, they tell me is, well, I retired or I don't maintain my license anymore. Is that going to hurt me? And well, see, we might, here's what I tell them. And then I okay. want to hear, because you brought this up to me, like, when should you put it on your byline or even should sure. you, or it doesn't matter. What I think is because of the Google algorithm change to the expertise authority trust, I think if you have a licensure that you can that you maintain so you can call yourself a registered nurse or an LPN or whatever that if you're writing bylines content for the web I think that's a competitive advantage when you market yourself to say that you know you can help boost their search results but in terms of do clients care about whether you have an active license again I think the answer is no but I'd like to hear what you think or what your experience has been with that you know that is super smart I did not really consider the google algorithm part but you're right that matters so definitely if you have the initials um use them definitely use them in your client outreach because um, they may not care specifically what your credential is, but it, it does help to have a credential, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, because it's something you're right that they can use to say, Hey, this is somebody that, that knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, when I am reaching out to healthcare clients, I always let them know I'm an RN turned writer. My resume says, you know, RN BSN, I've got my, my degrees listed on there. Um, my RNBSN is not listed on the cover of my book. My book, The First Time Mom's Guide to Raising Boys, is just byline Jennifer L.W. Fink. And I, I guess I don't have a super great reason, except for that this book is more me as just purely a writer and a mom. And Certainly my experience as a nurse and my expertise from all these years of doing health writing infuses it, 
but I don't feel like that is the credential that's propping it up. I don't feel that's the credential of why I'm the right person to write this book. I'm the right person to write this book because I've been in the trenches doing this thing for 20 plus years. Well, I think that you made a super smart business decision with this because now, now that you're an author, this is your first, do you have a previous self-pub? Or I is don't. This, this, is, okay. this is my first thing out in the world in book that's, form. That's what I thought. And my, my point is, the reason I think this is a great business decision to leave the RN off in this case is because now that you're an author, you're going to go on to continue to author more stuff. And you don't know where that road is going to take you. It might take you into fiction. It might take you into memoir. And in that case, you know, your, your author identity isn't necessarily going to be bound by your You know, you verbalized it so much better than I did. Like those were all just swirling around thoughts for me, but that really is what it is. Um, the, the nurse part, I don't want to only be pigeonholed right. as a nurse writer or as a healthcare writer. To date, I still make most of my money doing health writing. So I am using that credential all the time in my work, using that body all the time in my work. But I don't want people to only think of me in that realm. I want to do all these other things. Exactly. Yes. So let's talk about your book for a minute. All right. Uh, more than a minute. So you created Building Boys, which started as a blog, correct? correct. And then now you have a newsletter, I believe. Mm-hmm. I and do. I'm assuming, and then you did the On Boys Parenting Podcast, which yep. is great. And by the way, if you're listening and you are raising boys yourself, or you have grandsons, nephews, any boys in your life whatsoever, you should be listening to the On Boys podcast and subscribing to the Building Boys newsletter. Trust me, um, it's super helpful. In fact, one of the things I wanted to tell you about your book is I was going through it last night so we could talk about it today. And I started putting tape flags for stuff that I wanted to point out. And what I realized was I had a tape flag on every page. Because because on every page, there was some brilliant nugget that I was going to call out. And I was like, yes, but it's 159 <laughs> pages long. So Beth, we can't really do that in the space of this podcast. We don't have that much tape in the house today. But I was wondering if you could tell us how, how these dots got connected that led you to this book. Whew, well... Building a career as a writer uh, is such an interesting adventure. As you know, there is no defined uh, clinical ladder as there is in nursing. So you kind of make it up as you go. So you heard, uh, you know, I started doing nursing writing and then I did some parenting writing because, you know, I was parenting children at the same time. Let's do some of that. And it builds up and builds up. And my children ended up being all boys. I have four of them. And again, with the double dipping, right? To survive parenting my children, I realized that I needed to learn about boys because there were things that I did not understand. And I grew up with four brothers and a sister, but like, I just, I did not get this world. So I started reading and learning 
And then um, uh, I was already writing. So blogs are becoming a thing. Wanted to start a blog. What do you write about? Something you know, write what you know. I started, at first it was blogging about boys. And that was like 2009. And so I did that. And then it, that eventually grew and I rolled it into building boys. And at the same time, I'm doing all this health writing on the side, keeping income flowing in because it's frankly easier to make it as a health writer. And by make it, I mean, make it financially and support your family as a health writer than as a parenting writer. There's more demand for health. Um, and uh, so I continued to build that up and podcasting came around. And at that point I'd connected with um, a woman named Janet Allison, who is now my co-host. She had a website called Boys Alive and we had connected. We did a webinar together once, really hit it off. Um, I learned a few things from that. Number one, I learned that uh, she's techier than I am. So she's a good partner. She can do the tech part of this. I will do the writing part. So we just kept, I kept building and growing this. And frankly, it took a lot longer than I wanted it to. We all want things to happen quickly. But I couldn't put all my attention to this side, to building the parenting side, to building writing and speaking about boys, because I had to still support my family and raise the boys. But all of these things were out in the world. I did take advantage of any opportunity I got to write about boys. Sometimes for pay, sometimes for not. I know that that is a controversial topic in the writing world. Uh, when you read my byline, you mentioned U.S. News and World Report. I've never been paid by them. But I did get an opportunity for a while. I had a column about raising boys that they published on their website. So when you Google my name and boys, those things come up. For platform building, that stuff matters. So with having all of these things out here, here's what I think happened. This book, First Time Mom's Guide to Raising Boys, is published by a company called um, Callisto Media. And what they're not a real traditional publishing company. What they do is they kind of scour the internet. What are people looking for? What's not quite there yet? Mm. And they create concepts, titles, and outlines based on that. Then they find a writer to do it as a work for hire. Interesting. And ideally, they are looking for people who already have some expertise in that area, somewhat of a following in that area. So this particular book, they actually came to me with this. The other thing about Callisto is it is a, a super fast turnaround. Like it was about this time last year when they first came to me with the idea. Wow. And you are currently holding the book in your hands. That's very fast. For, for our listeners who do not understand how publishing works, that's very fast. <laughs> the only reason I was able to do it is because this was something that I had been, frankly, researching and writing about for 20 years. So I could do it. Simultaneously, as this is going on, lest your listeners think, wow, so a book contract is dropped in her lap? Sort of. But at the same time, I had written a book proposal um, for a book about raising boys based on, you know, my idea, my outline and a book proposal for anybody who doesn't know, it is a tremendous amount of work. We're talking 50 plus pages and just so much work. This had been going on for two years. I had tried to get an agent. Somebody's interested. Somebody's not this. Oh, the whole the whole thing. 
Anyway, shortly after I said yes to this, guess what? That one got an agent and uh, we did find a publisher and I really need to be writing that book right now. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean that sincerely, but yet I'm saying that wryly because I understand how, what your life is going to look like now. <laughs> and so it's one of these things where it looks easier than it was when really what it was was sustained effort and persistence over a period of 20 years. And I think the only reason that I have gotten here is because I never completely and fully dropped the thread. I mm -hmm. always kept going with the boy stuff in some way. And that's how I think of it. It's my boy stuff. That's not, I did not blog every day. I do not blog every day. Uh, there have definitely been ups and downs with it, but I never fully pulled the plug on it because it was something that I really wanted to do. And over time, all of those little bits do add up to something. Absolutely. I try to emphasize um, to the nurses who are members of the RN to writer community that first of all, it's not writing is not a get rich quick scheme. First of it all, is not. However, what does win the day is persistence, consistent application of effort, consistent time investment. Um, I've told my story many times that when I decided to really go for it, finally, full-time writing career, I invested four hours a week, every week, every Saturday morning from eight to 12. And that's what it took. And then I was able to find success relatively quickly, but I had a long history of part-time freelancing. Right. But, but I appreciate your saying that it's persistence. It's not perfectionism. It's not making sure you blog every single day and then just killing yourself and getting demoralized. It's consistent effort, application, you know, time investment, I think is what wins the day with freelance writing. I think I am. No, I know I am less disciplined than you are with my time. Um, and, you know, partly I was raising four boys during this. Try and schedule your day when you're raising four boys. It is virtually impossible because somebody always has some kind of major or minor emergency. Um, so frankly, I would be further ahead in my career if I was more consistent with my time. I haven't been, but like I said, I never fully gave up and that makes, it makes a huge difference. So, you know, listeners, even if you drop the thread for a while, because life happens and Beth, I know that you, you know, you've dealt with this too. You have various things that come up in your personal life that take time and energy. And there's a while where you just can't put your effort into your career in the way maybe you had hoped. It doesn't go away. What you've done before is still there and you can come back to it when you're ready, pick it up, go ahead, do a little bit, and it still builds. Yes, absolutely. And I would argue that you were consistent. You may not have done set hours, but you worked on it almost every day. I mean, yeah. you, you must have to meet deadlines. So deadlines are a gift from God. 
because without them, I don't think I would get anything done. <laughs> exactly. I, I have found the transition over from writing to coaching challenging because I don't have deadlines now. You have to create all your own deadlines. Yeah. It's like, I have to create my own structure and it's, it's been an interesting journey. Let me just say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's always something new to explore. You know, um, you and I have talked about this privately, but we both started as nurses. We took similar paths and now they're kind of diverging and yet here they're coming back together again because now you're podcasting too. Exactly. It's I, I had, I'm on the record as saying many times I'm never doing a podcast and, huh. and here I am. And you're doing great. But this is because I'll give a shout out to the RN writer office manager, Shelby, who has the tech skills, like you were saying, partnering with someone whose skills complement yours can be very helpful, not really on a day-to-day freelancing basis, but when you're getting to where you want to, like, when you have a hold of your brand, you yeah. know, not when you're getting started, but when you have some experience and you're now starting to develop your actual brand and you're thinking about your passion projects, like, building boys, you know, yep. and for me, it's our into writer. Then you start looking for people to partner with who can have complementary skills to your mutual benefit. So, you know, it occurred to me as we were having that conversation too. another strength that writers bring to writing and frankly to podcasting, if that's the direction any of your listeners eventually want to go in, we tend to be very good at interviews and mm. at conversations, because this is what we do with our patients. Think right. about, you know, you, you, you're admitting a new patient and all those questions that you have to ask and, and the ways in which you're able to put people at ease because you're, you know, you're coming to them at a point in their life that is usually not a high point. There's a lot going on. You're developing rapport. Um, these are incredibly valuable skills that frankly, I don't think are always um, appropriately acknowledged or compensated within nursing. I don't disagree with you there. I think that that would be a whole other topic of conversation of, of what nurses bring to the table in nursing that doesn't always get acknowledged, recognized, compensated, respected, right. um, that, that you can get in freelance writing. Yes. Um, clients do respect you and your knowledge base when you're a nurse who writes. Yep. They rely on it. They, um, <clears throat> they see it as highly valuable and uh, worth paying for. One and of it, our big skills as nurses is that we can converse on all these different levels. You can talk to your patients in at their level and get the information from them. And we all know so often it's things like, well, I take that little blue pill and then there's half of a white one. And somehow we figure that out. Uh, we start there and then you go talk to the doctor or the physical therapist and it's on a totally different level with bigger words and you understand that. And then you go back here and you translate it to your patients. That's what you do as a writer. Exactly. And, and if you get tasked with writing something for those doctors, those CNOs, those whoever, you can use those bigger words and know, yep. know how you're using them, know that it's yep. appropriate. 
Yep. I do that too. I write for consumers and I write for healthcare professionals and being able to offer both of that, very valuable. Well, Jenny, let me start wrapping up. Let me ask you the classic question, which is for our audience who, as I said, largely nurses who have either just discovered that freelance writing is a thing or they're working towards getting their first clips or launching their business, starting to grow their business, what kind of key things, advice or inspiration can you, wisdom, can you offer to them to help motivate them to continue on? Oh, just really listen and realize that at this moment, you are listening to two of us who have done this. It's so doable. Like, there's nothing extraordinary about me as, as a nurse or as a human being that made, that made this be more of a possibility for me than any other person. You know, I have a pretty typical skill set. And I don't want to minimize you, but you know, same I thing. say the same thing. No, I say the same thing all the time. If I can do it, believe me, they, everyone else can do it. <laughs> and we have both supported our families doing this. Um, your listeners don't, don't know this, but I went through a divorce about 10 or 11 years ago and pre-divorce, my writing was a, it was a side thing. It was an extra thing. Pre-divorce, the most I'd ever made in a year from writing was $21,000, which is not bad for a side gig that you're doing while raising children. And I suddenly had to ramp it up. And I did. And I supported four children and a house and a dog, freelance writing with a nursing degree. Mm -hmm. This is possible. And listeners, the real beauty of it is that I was in control of my schedule. I largely stepped away from nursing because of mandatory overtime and overstaffing and being put in situations regularly where I knew it wasn't particularly safe for me or for the patient. And I had very little say in that. And I realized that nobody was going to care about me and my family first, you know, the hospital, they have their priorities, they have their budget, they have whatever. It was up to me to prioritize myself and my family. And freelance writing has allowed me to do that. Absolutely. I hear from nurses literally every day who write and say, you know, I'm, I'm being forced to work 50 hour weeks and I don't have time for anything. And I feel torn in every other, every direction. Cause I can't, I'm not there for my kids. I'm not there for my spouse. And you hit the nail on the head that this is the part that freelance writing definitely gives back to you. Yes. You can make the money to support yourself, but you also can get control of your schedule, get actual work-life balance. Yes. And expand your impact as a nurse, which is also very important to most of the nurses I talked to. That was one of the reasons I left was nursing was because I could only work with five or six patients a day. And I was like, I want to help more people than that, you know? So you can expand your impact. You get to decide how to shape and structure your life and what your priorities are. And if there are other things that you want to do or explore. 
whether mm -hmm. that's for me writing about parenting or for you supporting other writers or somebody else doing fiction, you can do that. And it can all become part of the mix. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer L.W. Fink. Her book, First Time Mom's Guide to Raising Boys, is on Amazon right now. Order it for yourself. Give it as a gift to anybody who has boys in their life. Believe yeah. me, I've taken away a lot, and I'm way past the point <laughs> of having any young boys in my life, and I still loved reading it. I kept thinking, I wish this had been around when I did have young boys in my life. Oh, uh, I wish it had been around when I had young boys in my life. I had right. to all of this the hard way. <laughs> all right. Well, I thank you, Jenny. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today. I hope you found this episode informative and inspiring. If you're interested in exploring a freelance writing career, check out our website at rntowriter.com or connect with us on social media at rntowriter. Don't forget, we launch new YouTube and podcast episodes every week, and you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's the RN to Writer Show. Until next time, nurse writers, keep pitching. <laughs>